What's up, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Jack of All Trades, a weekly podcast for you to digest where there will always be a special guest. I am your host, Jacqueline Renee, aka Black Jacks, Captain Jack Sparrow, Jackie O, and Trapadai Jacks if you know me like that. So this week, we are going to get into legislation reform and taking a look at what's going on um, within our government at the state level and beyond to see what types of reforms that should be considered um, across various issues, especially beyond coronavirus. We've been definitely focused on that, but we've got midterms coming up next year. So let's talk about how we can be more informed heading into 2022 on several different areas. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, this week, Jack of all trades takes on reforming Florida. So as active citizens, uh, always looking at the next election, uh, we know Rona, is definitely a dominant topic, but let's take some time to talk about additional issues that we might face that can use our attention and that we need to know about ahead of midterms next year in 2022. So I have a very, very special guest with me, a very esteemed guest with me that I would uh, like to take some time to talk about these issues with. So let me uh, allow him uh, a chance to introduce himself. Well, hello, Jackie and audience, listening audience. My name is Travars McCurdy. I am the state representative for House District 46 here in the state of Florida, which encompasses uh, West Orlando, West Orange County, here in the city beautiful, the 407 Orange County. Um, And I'm happy to be here with my dear friend today. Thank you for coming. I'm very excited to have you. So Uh, prestigious. Honestly, I've just been waiting on my invitation, been waiting on my turn. Okay. You know, so um, I'm happy and delighted that, you know, the moment, the time has finally come to sit down and um, not only talk to someone who I adore so much, but um, who has a a wonderful listening audience and who I'm sure and certain will uh, take this information and this conversation to heart and hopefully learn something uh, from what we have to discuss today. Very nice. Very nice. So how's everything been going with you? Things have been busy, but things have been well at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm very happy to be back home in my district um, to see my daughters, to be around my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, you know, trying to stay as safe as possible and to trying to remind people to safeguard themselves as much as possible. Uh, School has started back. Right. Um, That's very important to me. Um, of course, not only being in the position that I am, you know, um, my profession, um, but being a father as well. Um, my daughter is not uh, of school age, but she is in daycare, so right. Um, it's the same. It's the same difference. Um, you know, she's required to wear a mask at her at her, at her daycare. Yeah. Um, so it's the same thing. So I'm just trying to, you know, prepare myself um, before. I have to head back to Tallahassee in a few weeks, um, you know, Mm -hmm. mid-September and, um, you know, take that fight back to Tallahassee. But right now I'm just enjoying being home, being in the district and trying to stay visible and, you know, being active 
mm-hmm. staying active, staying involved, um, trying to educate folks. So it's really no downtime. I tell people all the time, I don't have a job where I have the lecture of clocking in and out. It's, it's a... It's a 24-7, 365 thing. But, you know, I knew exactly what I was signing up for. So Right, right. Uh, and congratulations on becoming a representative. So let's talk about your journey to where you are now. Because it is, you were not voted in per se mm, at this point, right? So let's talk about true. how you got to where you are. True. Um, well, actually, I am... Um, I'm history in Orange County because there's never been a first-time candidate for any public office in in Orange County that had that won their first election without being on the ballot. So okay. there are two ways for anybody can file, fill out paperwork um, mm-hmm. in order to be a candidate for any public office. Once you file, you have to then qualify in order to be on the ballot. Okay. There are two ways to qualify. First way to qualify is by paying the fee that's associated with whatever position that you're seeking. Okay. The second way to qualify is to qualify by petition. And mm-hmm. you have to get a certain number of petition based upon the number of constituents that live in the district for the office that you're seeking. So, of course, me being a first-time candidate, you know, it's a way to get your name out, too. Mm-hmm. And it's free. So, you know, it's hard for first-time candidates. It's hard, I think it's hard for any candidate um, to raise money. So, But especially for first-time candidates to raise money. So um, not only is it a way to be fiscally conservative with mm-hmm. your campaign budget, but it's also a way to help you get a name recognition, uh, name recognition and exposure. Okay. If someone is... Um, like if someone fills out a petition for you to make the ballot they're more likely to vote for you once they see your name on that ballot yep so for that sure. was the that was the approach i took and there were a number there were a total of five of us in this race i was the only male in the race but i was you the beat only, out all the ladies i was the only person to qualify nobody oh. else even qualified so oh, nobody wow. got the number of petitions that were required aside from myself and uh, nobody paid the fee okay um, uh, two people two two candidates dropped out prior to the um the qualifying deadline mm-hmm. so i won unconventionally you okay. know and i won during the qualifying week because i won that friday at noon because nobody else qualified it was just me mm-hmm. uh it's a democratic stronghold district okay there was no republican that's going to be in the general um so the primary was going to be the racist i was the only person mm-hmm. the supervisor of elections office wasn't going to even waste ink and printing my name for you know <laughs> right and that's just kind of what it was so i, I kind of i won automatic i won june 12th but i had to wait until november until all the other races across the state were official okay um before i actually assumed office and was sworn in and so for for a long time i was the state representative elect mm-hmm. but in my freshman class i was the first state representative elect and like I said in Orange County there's never been a first time candidate that had that won their election without even getting one vote so okay um, I haven't even voted for myself yet but 
um, I'm looking forward to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. being on the 2022 ballot. Okay, and, yes. Um, you know, that's where, that's where I am right now. Okay, cool. You know what? Congratulations to you for taking all of the steps. You know, I know our illustrious HBCU definitely teaches you how to, you know, cross all of those hurdles and get all of those documents signed. Absolutely. Right? Pay Absolutely. all of your fees, pay all of your dues, and get through everything. And stand in lines and wait your mm-hmm. turn. Right. And, and, and just be persistent. And, yes. And, and don't give up. So, yes. But it'll all pay off. And I'm, I'm, reaping those, I'm reaping those benefits to be able to represent the same district that I was born and raised in mm-hmm. that gave so much to me and now I have the opportunity to give back to that same community and hopefully there's a young man a young girl who's watching me mm-hmm. and knowing that they, they too um, can go to the Southwest Boys and Girls Club and grow up in Carver Shores and Pine Hills I mean, come from a single parent home and also um, you know reach their dreams and live out their dreams so yes um, and that's what it's all about for me very dope very dope okay so definitely want to get into some of the various issues that we face in Florida and beyond um, and that we should be paying attention to ahead of midterms in 2022, like you mentioned. But before we get into that, so maybe not so much of an icebreaker, but maybe a little bit more like breaking news. So it looks like within the recent hours, um, the Supreme Court has listed the federal eviction moratorium. Um, In an unsigned eight-page opinion, the uh, SCOTUS sides with the group of landlords who argued that the CDC lacked the authority to bar evictions during the pandemic. So you probably are better versed on this than me and a lot of us listening. Like, what, what, what are your thoughts here? My thoughts are... It's, 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 a, it's putting folks in an uncompromising position because I understand both sides of it, honestly. Okay. I understand people are concerned about being kicked out of their residences right now, but mm-hmm. I also understand that person who invested their life savings into property and they haven't been receiving any payment, any profits from this property for 15 months now. Okay. Because mm-hmm. people have been living rent-free. Mm-hmm. Um, some folks have received unemployment. Some folks have received uh, various federal assistance. And, you know, they're, they're, every situation is different. Every situation is unique. Right. Um, but w- what I will say is, because they came from the Supreme Court, um, now it's just up to local governments, local governments. Yep. And that's the thing that's that's, mm-hmm. that's what's important about home rule and something that's very important to me, which I always which I always stress, especially when, when I'm in Tallahassee about um, protecting home rule, because what works for one doesn't work for all. It's not a one size fits all. There are 67 counties in the state of Florida, for example. Mm-hmm. So what works for Orange County is not necessarily the best thing for Duval County. Right. So I say that to say this, it's up to the local governments now to have certain programs and initiatives in place to support these individuals, these residents. You think about it, these local governments received for these past 15 months federal assistance as well. Right. So they haven't been footing the bill alone, you know, so mm-hmm. a lot of these programs have been federally funded right. due to the, um, you know, pandemic and, um, you know, especially with the uh, American Rescue Plan, 
mm-hmm. those dollars, you know, those federal dollars that come from President Biden. So it's up to them that they properly manage those dollars for rainy days. Mm-hmm. Do they have a budget where they can have local initiatives to then come in and assist? Um, and, and those will be the things that are left up to lo- and That's why we have local elections. Right, right. So I, I do understand it. And we all knew that the moratorium, it can last forever and it will have a sunset and mm-hmm. that they would come. So, again, it was up to the responsibility, the forecasting of our local um, governments and municipalities to have uh, the proper measures in place to be able to respond um, in in an adequate way. Right. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate that we're still in the same place we are with the pandemic that makes it even that, you know, a big of an unfortunate deal. But I definitely agree and understand that at a certain point, local municipalities and if nothing else, the state level government has to get involved and start really making use of these allocated funds that they've received because I think that might be a recurring theme as we go through some of these different issues like what federal funding has become available for states and then where does it go from there you know and that's what I think becomes an issue for sure so I don't know obviously you know for me I'm like damn we don't need no more homeless people out here so this seems unfortunate but to your point, I guess there are, you know, people that have not been receiving money <laughs> on their investments. But I, I I do yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one for me. Because it's not to say that you should be able to, you know, rent from a private owner and never pay them, but I think that this is again where but the government the question then becomes how long? For how right. long? Yeah. Right. Right. For how long? Yeah. Do I get to suffer and and not be able to provide for my family? Right. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. For how long? Right. That's true. That's fair. That is that is fair. So enough. you have to think about it both sides, but you want to be the most. You want to do it in a compassionate way, where you're not right shunning on any exactly on, on, on either side. Right. Because the pandemic is nobody's fault Absolutely in that not. equation. So Absolutely yeah. Not. Yep. All right. So let's see. So let's start to get into some of these issues that may see reform, that could use reform, that are overdue for reform. So um, we've already talked a little bit, you know, about housing, but uh, let's let's just go ahead and start with education. That's been a hot topic Um, I talked about that recently on the pod and as we have started these first couple of weeks of school we already see that coronavirus is dominating the conversation with the schools but what's going on you know at the state level that is a potential reform or something that can be um, revisited during 2022 you know, that would benefit education or change the landscape? Well, I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you, uh, Jackie, they are, the state of Florida has a, um, a high interest of stripping away uh, students from public schools and steering them to private and charter schools. Yeah. There is a strong push mm-hmm. in the state of Florida and it's all because of they're trying to fatten the pockets of their friends. Um, it's yeah. not about the quality of education. Um, 
I'm, I'm a product of, of, of public schools and I'm damn proud of it, you know, so mm-hmm. I protect public schools at all costs. Um, private and charter schools are not held to the same standards as public schools, but they seek the same state funding mm-hmm. as public schools. And that's not fair. Uh, the children don't, they're not held, they, they, they don't have to take the same standardized tests that public uh, public school children have to take. Okay. And yet they seek the same um, equal, if not more, funding um, than public schools. So um, it's not fair because our public tax dollars should go directly to public schools. Um, our teachers are inadequately paid. Um, but the state of Florida has an interest in public um stripping down public schools and strengthening private and charter schools yeah i'm all for school choice mm-hmm. I, I you know i don't have anything against private and charter schools i do have an issue if you're not held to the same standards i i, I know you should not seek the same funding um if you're not held to the same standards whether it's academically mm-hmm. or uh, or otherwise so it's just not fair um so how do people or how do um, candidates and other legislators kind of contort the idea of school choice? Because to your point, like you support it and it doesn't sound like something that's, you know, difficult to support. But I feel like somebody twists it, you know, to make it something that it's not maybe. Well, this is this is something that a lot of people don't know. And I try to tell people in my personal circle like yourself mm-hmm. and I'm so happy that we're having this conversation in a public setting right because <laughs> no seriously mm-hmm. that, that we get to share this with just you know not just the two of us mm-hmm. because this is serious I'm in the minority in the state legislature mm-hmm. not just as an African American but as a Democrat so there's right, a super yep. majority of Republicans and it's a lot easier uh, surprisingly, it's a lot easier for me being in the minority to go against my party. And that means uh, for me to think for myself and for me to have my own, um, you know, just my own mind and mm-hmm. to speak and, and to go my own way and approach things how I feel like I was sent to Tallahassee to approach them. And when you're, unfortunately, when you're in the majority, you have to go along to get along. Okay. So while they may think like me and we can talk like this offline or when we're not in the chamber or in the lunchroom or in the lounge, in the members' lounge, when it's time to get out there on that floor and perform in front of those cameras and those chambers and push those buttons that matter, they, they have to fall in line. Okay. Because you know what? They want to get reelected. Right. So being my friend is not going to get them reelected. Right. Right. I'm not going to put no money in their pack. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to give them no committee, um, you know, chairmanships. I don't have mm-hmm. that power. Right. Right. So in order for them to be, you know, reciprocated with the things that they came to Tallahassee to get, the things that they seek while you're in power, those chairmanships. Yeah. That money. Mm-hmm. That influence. Right. You want to be of some of them, status if you're going to be there. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them, when they turn out, they go and be, uh, become, you know, college presidents or CEOs of, uh, you know, medical companies and you know you name mm-hmm. it so yep high up in the private if sector if you want to keep if you want to stay in the lineage if you want to stay in the family if you want to stay in good standards you have to follow the line so that's the one thing that, that, that they're not able to think for themselves so they're kind of handcuffed mm-hmm. when you're in the majority because okay. you have to follow the line yeah okay so 
So very interesting. So is there anything that you specifically are bringing to the floor or that you know anyone else wants to bring to the floor regarding education in the coming months? Well, I'm very interested in some conversations that I've had with educators throughout the state. Mm-hmm. I was a gifted child in elementary school. Me too. See, Shout out to what? the smart kids. What? <laughs> no, no wonder. No wonder. No wonder. <laughs> No wonder. <laughs> so, as a gifted child, I thought nothing. I thought nothing of it mm-hmm. until, and honestly, this was a conversation I had a few months ago. Those tests, and you wonder why if you if you think back, unless you just were at a predominantly African American school, mm-hmm. if you think back, there were not a lot of kids in your gifted program that look like you right i know that was the case for me and that's because a lot of these tests are racially biased okay a lot of the questions on these tests ask questions about objects and things that we as minority children do not even experience until you know hopefully you know at some point in life once right. we but they, they they talk about boars and and and, and yachts and, and things that we can't we're trying to figure out what these things are because these are, are a part of our everyday experience. Right. So okay. when you don't have test uh, questions that even reflect or are diverse enough mm-hmm. to test to every child, that's a form of racial um, bias. So I believe so even those, how many kids have the state of Florida or local school districts not deemed gifted right that actually have gifts yes um so and that's why i feel every day that i'm so blessed because i had all these things as a kid that were just that fell in my lap that were afforded to me and i could have easily been one of those kids that didn't have a village true didn't right. have a gifted experience didn't have an opportunity to be a junior fire marshal. Didn't have an opportunity to meet, you know, uh, elected officials and 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 go outside and do field trips and, mm-hmm. and 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 do all these things. And so, but all all, all children deserve an opportunity to, you know, to a, a, at least attempt to live out their lifelong dreams. Right. Um, and it's not anything that I did special. It's not anything that my family did special. Uh, I, I definitely give all praise to God, but um, I don't I don't take it for granted either. And I, I definitely want to open up more doors for that, that, that next generation. So I'm, I'm, I'm certainly trying to build a bench. I feel like that's something that the generation um, prior to us did not do. So it's a lot harder for us to get in a lot of these doors that, you know, and, I, and I'm happy to see like we're, you know, breaking glass ceilings and we're knocking down doors and we're entering spaces where we historically have not been. Mm-hmm. Um, but it should not have been this hard for us. Yeah. Um, you know, we're almost 40 years old in our, you know, in our demographic and it should not have been this hard for us. Um, but we made it. But yep. I want the next generation to be able to make it a little sooner than this um, and to be able to attain the things that they want to do and not be forced into things that they have to do. Right. Right. That's fair. All right. You know, hopes for a better day for education. All right. So another hot topic, um, of, of course, you know, with Rona on the rage, um, health care reform. 
So what are things looking like in Florida outside of the fact that our entire healthcare system is on the verge of collapse, you know, due to the pandemic, if this were a little bit more of a normal year, you know, per se, what would be important elements to consider for healthcare reform? The important elements, the important thing to know is under the leadership of the, the current governor and his predecessor, the state of Florida has not expanded Medicaid. Okay. And, and explain to the people what is covered under Medicaid that truly would make the expansion beneficial. First of all, you're uninsured mm-hmm. currently. You're most vulnerable seniors. And so many children in the state of Florida who currently do not have health insurance would be covered under um, the expansion of, of Medicaid. Okay. They don't want to do this because of who the, uh, honestly, of who is attached to. Right. You know, and they don't want to give President Obama any kind of credit. Okay. And mm-hmm. that's really what it is. It's Obamacare. They've tried, they've gone to the Supreme Court and they failed mm-hmm. uh, multiple times. Um, it is the law of the land. And mm-hmm. they don't want to give him any credit. So in that, in return, they hurt seniors, they hurt veterans, they hurt working class people, and most importantly, they hurt children. But mm-hmm. I guess that's no surprise because to no avail of the governor now, um, this fight that we have against mass mandates yeah. for children, a population who can't even, who aren't even eligible for a vaccine is absurd to me. Um, that, that that wasn't your question, so I won't go off. Uh, I won't go off on it because I I tell you how I wrote a letter to the president of the United States on this governor mm-hmm. to protect local school uh, districts from being uh, reprimanded by defunding them, right? Uh, taking away their salaries, and also to protect the students of Florida, right? And requiring masks. So the federal government we're asking a lot of them but i don't think it's anything that i don't think we're asking anything outside of our reach because we didn't give our current president the keys to the white house the keys to a democratic congress to sit in idle yeah so we need him to get on it because the midterms election are right around the corner right 2022 is right around the corner um historically we see that Whatever party's in control going into the midterms does not remain the party in control, especially when the, the numbers are so close. The numbers are so right. tight. Oh, my you know? goodness, yes. It's not like we have a super majority right. in either chamber. So mm-hmm. um, that's something to very uh, to play to pay very close attention to in a, in a few in the next coming months. And we have a, gov- a gubernatorial election in the state of Florida coming up in 2022. Yep. Every member in the state legislature, all 160 members, all 120 members of the House, including myself, all 40 members of the Florida Senate are up for re-election because of redistricting. So. Okay. Okay. So everybody is on the line. Everybody's up next year. Okay. So um kind of same follow-up question um anything coming to the floor from you or other legislators around healthcare that could be a monkey wrench or you know just anything that might that we might not expect that could derail or potentially benefit us you know even ahead of 2022 
Well, uh, you never know what, what to expect okay. from, uh, you know, the the legend, the Florida legislature. So mm-hmm. committee week start uh, the week of September the 20th. The okay. legislative session will start in January and will convene until March in the year 2022. So right now we're just leading up to and committee weeks is where you kind of get an idea and a feel and um, members start filing their bills as okay. far as what they're going to look to, um, you know, hopefully get agenda and, you know, and get heard in committees for that legislative session. So okay. right now is kind of that fill out. Uh, people are putting on fillers. I myself have filed bills, but they don't relate to uh, health care. But I have filed a bill uh, for the deception of minors by law enforcement officers Okay. Uh, to make Florida the second state in the country after Illinois to um, ban uh, seemingly law enforcement officers from uh, lying to minors in it, uh, during interrogations. Um, so I have put that language in bill drafting. Okay. The state of Illinois uh, was successful in this past legislative session and becoming the first state in the country to do uh, to pass such a law. And it's unfortunate we have to put that in black and white writing right. uh, to uh, make that something that is uh, not permissible. Um, but I, I have put that language in drafting. I have um, been in communication with the Innocence Project on the national level. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Because in my research, when I've um, found out when I learned of that, actually, I also learned um, that the state of Florida also does not have a state law on the books which requires video interrog- interrogations. So there are no, uh, we don't know what's happening. Right. And if I can save a child from getting a record mm-hmm. or admitting to something that they did not do, or putting the blame and, and putting a story on another child mm-hmm. about something that uh, they did not do because they were coerced behind closed doors by officers who were manipulative and who took advantage of these children who have brains who were not fully developed. Mm-hmm. Um, I will um, I can go to sleep a little uh, you know with a little more peace knowing that you know I helped somebody so. Yes, it's important to try to reform the criminal justice system from mm-hmm. the adult perspective. Yep. But it's also try to uh, it's also important to try to attack that criminal justice reform piece um, at the youth and the um, you know yes. uh, at, at, at that level because if you can prevent them from having um, a record, you know, so early on. Um, I think that's something that's very, that's very important. So mm-hmm. um, those those are two bills that I'll be filing as a as a member of the House. I have six bill slots, so I have to be very uh, strategic. Okay. As far as what I feel is important for me to, um, because I'll I'll have all my bills as criminal justice reform bills. But the thing about it, it's not an automatic. Um, it's it, it there's not an automatic process where a bill that I file will be heard in this committee. Okay. Um, because I, I file a bill, and then I have to request it to be heard in whatever committee of reference that has been referred to. Um, and it's normally referred to at least three committees. And I have to go to the chairman or chairwoman of those committees to ask them to please agenda this bill so it can be heard. I can argue with in, in front of your committee in hopes of 
getting it passed successfully in these committee stops and making it to the full floor for the entire 120 member body of the Florida House to vote on and pass or fail it. But these Republicans are so dirty, man. They won't even agenda your bill to be heard in committee to even give it a chance. Dang. It's like DOA. So a lot of these things are just messaging bills because they won't even give it a shot of even being heard. Okay. And that's, yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of new. Mm-hmm. That's the new nasty politics that we plan. They okay. plan these copy and paste politics. politics. Yeah. Whenever they see a state, do they want to be nastier than Georgia? They right. want to be nastier than Texas. Right. Right. They want to be the. They want to be the nastiest. Right. So it's all this copy and paste, this monkey see monkey do, and it's really a hell of a time right now to be an elected official, especially in the state of Florida, especially on the state level. It's a little better, I assume, in certain local districts. Orlando's blue, yep. Duval's blue, yes. Dade's blue, Palm Beach, Broward, they're blue. Hillsborough, the Hillsborough, great blue islands of Florida. Hillsborough's blue. Um, but I can only imagine. But in in the state legislature, you got to have this damn, this thick skin because yeah. it's very... Um, disheartening at times mm-hmm. um, and you can be deflated but you just got to remember um, why you're in the fight right who you're fighting for um, and if not you then who and I know at least from the great district 46 there ain't nobody better to send a Tallahassee than me that understands uh, understands this process and that's willing to uh, fight every day you know uh, for the good of my people so yes that's what's up well you know what did they say on the schoolhouse rock i hope they get to be the law and we'll hope and pray that they will but till today they are still just a bill is that what they say (laughs) i know i'm just a bill i'm only a bill and i'm sitting Sitting here on on capitol Capitol hill Hill. yeah but on the other side of it you know that's what he said that's what he he said all right okay so now that i've um you know (laughs) cornied it up (laughs) so kind of not necessarily the same as criminal justice reform because that was definitely a good shout um but kind of just some more along the lines of making sure that we have fair equal equitable equitable rights um voting rights so (sighs) Let's talk about voting rights. We know they are at risk, not just in the state of Florida, but nationally. You know, we we see that different states um, are always um, at risk of seeing some new um, obstruction of voters' rights. So let's talk about what's going on within Florida and then beyond that at the national level that that you believe could uh, use some reform or attention. Certainly. Well, I mentioned the copy and paste politics and the monkey and see monkey do. Yes. And it's bad with these voting rights. Yes. So when you talk about Senate Bill 90, mm-hmm. the elections bill in the state of Florida that we recently passed in this past legislative session, it was a bill that on the floor I said read of a new Jim Crow Mm -hmm. and I said I said that because I felt like this past session they were throwing everything that they could and they really they literally said on the floor they were passing bills because they could because they knew they had the numbers right they got the votes to do it yeah so um, Senate Bill 90 uh, which revised provisions of the Florida Election Code 
you know, under the guise of strengthening election security and transparency, um, it was a terrible bill. It's a bill that set us back. Um, it was a bill after the governor said that the 2020 election was the gold standard for the state of Florida. Chill. 2020 was the model election. And then because their guy lost and moved here, the tune changed. And then all of a sudden, these stories and myths mm-hmm. about fraud started to right. come to the forefront, which was really the nemesis, you know, nemesis for this bill. Right. Yep. And they knew they had the numbers. So now we went from having the gold standard to include reforms that clearly targeted uh, the vote by mail process now, because for the first time in Florida's history, Democrats voted overwhelmingly more than Republicans Yeah. in vote by mail. Right. If they're going to hold on to power, they got to find some kind of way to plug this thing up. Right. And this is a way. And now their individuals, uh, supervisor, supervisor, supervisor of elections in all 67 counties oppose this bill. <laughs> so then that's where I always wonder, like, what still gives it the leg to stand on? They literally are just passing the bill because they can. Because they can. They mm-hmm. tried to criminalize certain people, certain organizations from even passing out bottles of water to people that's waiting in lines. Right. Uh, these drop boxes have to be manned. You, Who's going to sit out and man a, a, a ballot box for hours in the Florida heat? Right. Especially so, that's not biased. Yeah. But the thing about it, they're not giving super, they're not providing any additional funding to supervisor of elections offices to hire people to do these things that they're requiring. Right. Because it's ridiculous in and of itself. So they're requiring supervisor of elections offices to have man drop boxes. And if you don't have a man drop box, you're fined at the sum of $10,000 per day. Ridiculous. Welcome to the Sunshine State. Right. Ridiculous. And I definitely think of my county. And I think we have a great supervisor of elections. um, And everything feels, you know, pretty well put together when it comes to elections. We're receiving updates in a timely manner. I have a really close precinct where I can go and vote. You know, they solicit feedback after elections uh, if you have anything that you'd like to offer up uh, it feels like there's enough people that are manning the polls but it doesn't feel overwhelming but I do know that if you go you know what obviously is with outside of that range you know of where you can try to solicit votes or talk to people that's where you immediately start seeing all you know different types of groups Correct. so if those different types of groups add a total sum are basically for the people that can change the laws then I feel like those are going to be the same people they're going to have sitting out here manning ballot or manning drop boxes because they'll do it for free as long as they can you know talk to you about like their extremism or maybe a candidate that you would never vote for you know whatever it is let's be clear 
this bill represent a, an attempt by republic the republican majority to suppress the democratic votes mm-hmm. and that's all it is yeah um period point blank it creates additional barriers to the vote by mail process mm-hmm. because democrats have overwhelmingly t- uh overtaken that majority it restricts secure drop boxes Mm-hmm. Um, it, re- it places undue burdens on supervisor of elections offices. Right. And most importantly, it discourages voter participation in elections. Because when you put all these yeah. barriers in place, our people, first of all, you know, it, it take everything for us to go out and vote. Right. Anyway. It so when you throw everything. all these things that yes. are confusing, and then you, on top of that, you top it with misinformation, um, it's just it, it discourages people from participate, uh, participating in the process overall out of the gate right and that's what they're betting they're betting on us sitting home and unfortunately i'm gonna be i mean since we talking just me and you like listen a lot of times th- those tactics work unfortunately and we lose these statewide elections for uh, governor races by less than one percent, right? In the state exactly. of Florida, right? And it's so sad because things can be so different. Yes. Only if just a handful of us just came out and voted. We have, we have the the numbers in terms of population and registered voters. Mm-hmm. We just don't have the numbers in active and participating voters in the process. Right. But the numbers are increasing and that's where you can definitely tell that they are aiming to get, you oh, know, that afraid. yeah, to suppress those votes they're by afraid. any means. Not so yeah. not only do you have bills like this, but if you think about you think back about two, three years ago with the amendment four. Um, if they would have allowed those voters to be on the roll, yes, they the Santas wouldn't be governor. And why? And that's the crazy part. Because like to this can. day, right? Why are they not? Because they can. Yeah. And that's that part makes I, it very frustrating as a Florida voter. Up. There is a representative. His name is Randy Fine, and Uh-oh, he literally said out. on the floor, um, "They're passing these terrible bills." Because they can. Yeah. So y'all go look it up, and uh, I'm 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 not making it up. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty obvious that it's obvious that that is what they are doing. So frustrating indeed. But I think so. That's what I was gonna say. You know, I do think that we struggle getting into an election season with sometimes rallying people to vote, get excited to vote, get registered, make sure everything's up to date. But I think that's where it almost has to be a 365 thing. Like we need to be talking about and finding ways to engage in the voting process and being informed voters every day, because even, you know, I feel like I've gotten better at researching what's happening or what's going to be like on a ballot ahead of time, looking at my sample ballot, doing a little research. But sometimes even in that you know, short window of time, you still are not going to digest everything that you need to know. Like, I know a lot of us don't want to sit up and watch the news all day, but we need to understand what is going on day to day, week to week, you know, season to season at the legislative level so that when it's time to vote, you can be like, I can remember, you know, what happened over the course of time and how it affected me or affected my community or whatever change you may have seen. Obviously, everything may not be personal, but it's better to know what's going on so that you can be the most informed and not like 
do a crash, you know, crash course study, <laughs> read the cliff notes, and then you're voting and you still aren't sure whether you made, you know, a difference or not. Look, I've said this in one of my debates on the floor. I quoted Lauren Hill. Um, I said it can all be so simple, but we rather we rather make it hard. Right. <laughs> and really, they want to make politics as confusing and hard to understand exactly as possible. Because right. if you think about it, I, think about it like this: everyone that's listening, um, food is not even involved in everything you do. Um, sports is not involved in everything you do. Um, driving is not involved in everything you do. Sex is not involved in, but politics is involved in everything you do. If you mm. have sex with the wrong person, you're going to jail because the law says so. If yeah. you um, if you eat from wherever you eat, you know they have to at least uh, list the ingredients because the law t- says they have to, right? Mm-hmm. You have to drive a certain speed limit, and you have to do certain things while you drive it, or not do certain things while you drive because the law says so. So politics is involved in every aspect of your life. I yep. tell people, you know, before you even leave your house. Politics has infused your life because um, the toothpaste that you use, the taxes that you paid on it, the bread that you make toast with, the taxes that you paid on that, man, it was all dictated by politicians and how many taxes you pay on it. So politician is in every aspect of your life. Yep. Whether you realize it, think about it or not. So that's the one thing that they want to keep us out of because number one, we master everything else. When I say we, I mean minorities, like, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, we just master everything. So this is the one thing that they have to keep control of because if they can control the one thing that controls everything, they keep control. Right. Well, then the masses, right? We the people. <laughs> potentially have a say and can be smart enough and savvy enough to get exactly what it is that we believe is equitable and they just know that if they don't play dirty right and if they to your point if they can't keep us out of the process and we become too in the know we can really like i'm saying plan ahead be prepared and walk into 22 with with a, a true force that is undeniable but right like nobody wants to talk about midterms right now but before you know it out of nowhere it's going to be an explosion of information about midterms and we could have been talking about this we're shit. already by right exactly if we're going to be honest we're <laughs> exactly. already. we should have been talking about 22 and 20. yeah for Honestly, damn sure right immediately after biden was the, you know got inaugurated yep all right so Let's talk about immigration reform. So lots of thoughts there from different parties. It's definitely something that seems to get thrown around and weaponized and, you know, thrown in and out of the conversation. Um, What should we know about immigration reform and how it can be changed at the state level, if at all? Uh, What can we know about uh, immigration reform is the states have no real jurisdiction mm. in immigration reform. That is a congressional and a federal issue. Okay. Um, but temporary... Uh, uh, Wait, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go ahead. If, if the states can't do anything about it, why? I think of like the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. 
why is that that is their go-to trope that's because where they're geographic geographically located mm-hmm, for sure and that's their boundaries so um they have certain state rights just like we have state rights in the state of Florida to protect our waterways uh-huh. and how certain individuals from say Cuba can't just wash up on our shores. Mm-hmm. They have to have certain state laws that prevent individuals from Mexico yeah. from just crossing over to their state since they're so right. close geographically. So, so border that's control why they conversation. Have such a cowboy Indian is such a you know such a, a a fascination with immigration you know yeah yeah so it's a border control conversation right it is a border for control the, for their state and that's what they say yeah but they and it so to me I would say it feels like they intertwine true immigration reform and border control to kind of rouse up you know the people that think that the browns are taking over the country but to a state like georgia and they do it though i feel like georgia alabama as much as they'll take in you know migrants or undocumented workers and have them working on you know plantations they're not plantations anymore but you know it fields migrant workers farm workers labor labor yeah laborers yeah day laborers but then it'll be like oh like but immigration is bad it's like you're alabama you don't even have a border right because they uh, they don't want any competition yeah they they okay. want they, they want to control who's able to you know they want to control it they need that labor class yeah they they want to control that that yeah. market but they don't want just an influx of you know and again it also goes to because these people don't just come there and work they come there and register to vote yep. so that then that also changes this, the, the demographic of uh, leadership right yep and people who run things yeah so that's another reason to want to keep those folks out of your communities mm-hmm. you know out of your states because it's a trickle effect it's okay, going to change yep. your PTA it's going to change yep. your, your council then it's going to change your state legislature. Then it's going to change your congressional delegation. Then it's going to change who your what your governor looks like. And then next thing you know, your state's going to go from red to purple mm-hmm. to blue. Yep. Yep. Like Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> but so immigration reform in general, though, that is a federal issue. So that means um, ICE is... That's Absolutely, out of my jurisdiction, thank yeah. God, because I got a look, I get enough phone calls and emails. So ICE. Now, while I do get to write letters to my congressional delegation and try to influence and use my platform and my, and my voice mm-hmm. for the things that I feel like we should not be ignoring as a country, right? I have I take no votes. Um, none of us in the state legislature. The governor has no jurisdiction over that. Mm-hmm. That is a, that. That is why we send two senators and the number of congressional members to to dc okay uh to to deal with those those issues those are larger than just state wide issues gotcha um, it, it's, it's a blanket issue um and that's why we need uh that's why it's a federal uh is it's their jurisdiction okay all right you guys you heard that so don't yeah. be trying to call down and, and to, i'm sorry local joint. But, but something to think about <laughs> Something to put it like this, this is why you don't want it left up to individual states anyway. 
you would not want a person living a life where the law is different traveling from Florida right. to Alabama to South Carolina and they all three of those states have different uniforming rules concerning immigration that's why you need federal law mm-hmm. so it's just one size fits all okay for all states yeah right because if you come into the United States it would just be a, an added layer of burden to say, well, which state are you going to? Because you already have enough laws of that state to deal with. But immigration standards, or, or yeah, they should be Or even if you're living consistent. in one state and want to go visit someone in another, yeah. another state. Mm-hmm. Or say you get a job opportunity right. in a different yep. state. And the laws are different. Mm-hmm. That's why some things have to be. But it's the same thing on a state level. That's why some things can't be left up to individual districts. Okay. Yep. Because yep. we can have, you know, one thing being, we can have body cameras being law in one county and not law in a different county. And it's already bad enough that counties aren't consistent, even right. if the law is the same. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's why sometimes you have to have state uniforming law for all 67 counties. Right. That's why sometimes you need federal law to blanket all states in the, you know, on mm-hmm. the map. Yep. States and territories. Okay, fair enough. So this is something that, you know, folks might not think about. I don't think about it all the time. But what about uh, tribal rights, Indian, Native American reservations and, Mm. you know, the land that is designated for like the Seminole tribe here in Florida? I know recently there was um, some legislation that was passed around allowing them to do sports betting i want to say on the on the tribal land so what's up with that what what more can we we know about that one thing i can say is you most certainly were gifted if you were following the sports betting that was special <laughs> session that wasn't even a regular session that was what we were called back yeah we keep my ears back. ears to the streets okay we were called back for that <laughs> so yeah specifically for the uh Gaming on the Seminole Compact. Now, mm-hmm. what's um, significant about this, the Seminole Tribe of Florida, um, which is their, considered their own entity. Okay. Um, they have their own land. They have their own um, hierarchy. They have their own, uh, their own executive, you know, government. You okay. Know, they, don't, they don't really fall under the, you know, the state of Florida's rule. Okay. They have their own constitution and their own laws and they abide by their own governance. Really? So, they, the state of Florida has been in contact with them for uh, the past uh, two decades plus. Okay. And, the, but the, the state of Florida also recently, the taxpayers of Florida passed a law within the past three to five years that said anything regarding the gaming compact with the Seminole tribe could not just be done with the legislature. It had to also be done in conjunction with the voices of the state, uh, the population, with the people. Okay. They couldn't pass anything anymore. We couldn't make any deals anymore. We could not do these things without the people being involved. Okay. We passed a law and the state of Florida still some kind of way figured out a way to get around that. <laughs> what? Good old Florida. What do you mean? What do you we mean? We called a special session and they said, well, really, this is not what we, the governor's attorneys and the people. Uh, so the legislature, <laughs> uh, we reconvened in May mm-hmm. to consider a new compact mm-hmm. with the 30-year term. 
this compact will not be revisited again until I am at least 67 years old and it legalized sports betting through the tribe and only on tribal land only on tribal land it designated player card games by non-tribal card rooms a new key provision um, will be that it permit Floridians to place bets from their mobile devices okay yes anywhere in the state so long as the servers which receive the bet are located on tribal lands. Okay. Yep, I saw that too. Interesting. So with sports betting, that's typical. That's not legal everywhere, right? I know. Absolutely not. Yeah. So where the, do we kind of land in terms of states um, that have legalized that in in this way or in some you entity? You have a handful of states. Okay. And the amount of money that the state of Florida. Well, for number one, the amount of money that the tribal land will benefit from this, we can't even estimate it. For 30 years, we don't know mm-hmm. how this thing is going to take off right. and what it's going to do. So I thought it was very immature for the state to uh, enter a compact or an agreement for for 30 years. Okay. And to handcuff future legislatures yeah. from being able to vote on something or to take up something because we, in 2021, said we're going to do this agreement for 30 years. So nobody right. can touch it. So I, I feel like that's a slap, it's a slap in the face. It's irresponsible. And it's, it is, it just, it's, it's not right. Right. Because what if five years from now you find that they're doing very very well but if there's just one small change right it would be beneficial and take the entire experience to a whole different level like we're now saying that nothing can change about well, this that's compact why the at tribe all was not interested in renegotiating or hearing what we had to say okay um as long as the people who had the numbers were with them they were willing to push this thing through they've been trying for years and this year they finally got it through um but it's very sad so me being the fireball freshman that I was in Tallahassee, I filed an amendment mm-hmm. and said, since this thing is going to pass, this was the night, this was the day before it passed, uh, the night before on the floor, I said, since this thing is going to pass tomorrow and y'all going to vote for it, I filed an amendment and said, why don't we carve out a provision that some of this money that's going to come to the state of Florida through this tribal compact, why don't we carve out some of this money to pay back some of the fines and fees for the folks that we want to allow uh, to vote that are returning citizens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, of course, they didn't accept the amendment. Right. But I got on the record and let them know where I stood on on the compact. Right. I eventually, um, the next day, I voted for the compact. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, because I don't think there's anything wrong either with saying, listen, if y'all are about to make billions, there should be nothing wrong with you taking a few pennies of that money and helping to, like you said, benefit all citizens. Like, Well, I voted for the compact. And that's why I really can't wait to get back to Tallahassee um, in the next coming weeks. I voted for the compact because leading up to that special session, after we had our regular session and came back home before we called back for uh, specifically for this um, issue, I got a call from the governor's office mm-hmm. um, to see why I was on the compact. Okay. 
and I told them that I didn't have a, I don't have a casino, I don't have that in my backyard. I don't have any of those in my district. Right, right, right. right. All. The closest one is Tampa Hard Rock. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any of those in my district. So I really have a dog in a fight like that, where I had to, you know, where my constituents was where right. I got to vote this way. I didn't have that, unlike mm-hmm. some some members. Mm-hmm. So. I voted for it because the way they call me, of course, I'm from the streets. I already knew who was calling me to see if they had my yes vote because if they didn't, they were going to try to take some of my appropriations away and um. I fund some of my projects. So, I mean, I voted for it to protect my projects at home mm-hmm. and still got my shit video. I mean, excuse me, still got my stuff video. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. It sounds like House of Cards a little bit right there. Like, you try to play nice, you know. You try to be diplomatic. Yeah, right. You try to go with the team, and then they're like, we still aren't giving you shit, so. So. Um, Okay, so one last uh, issue that's, um, you know, I think it's definitely something that's always looming um, in, in redder states. Um, but probably just is a national issue. Not sure where we land here in Florida, but reproductive rights. So, you know, I most recently moved here from Texas, where definitely became a hot issue within the past few years, uh, stricter abortion laws and things like that. So where, where does this where does Florida land on that these days? Are we at risk of seeing stricter um, more harsh um, abortion laws or reforms that will be brought to the table or is there anything that is constantly threatened here within the state? Um, I'll tell you the state of Florida is very interested in women's rights and that's because and it's ironic because it's a predominantly male dominated profession right I don't get it um I pre- I, pre- I respect women's rights I try to pre- do everything I can to protect women's rights uh, and give women the right to their bodies and to make the decisions that they feel are necessary for them mm-hmm. saying that disability abortions mm-hmm. in the state of Florida is something that is has become more of a uh, more of a um, sought after topic in Tallahassee. Okay. There have been a number mm-hmm. of bills that have been received uh, with strong opposition by Democrats, mm-hmm. uh, which would make it a. There have been bills uh, regarding disability abortions to make it a third degree felony for physicians to perform an abortion hmm. if they know. Or like should know that the pregnant woman seeking the abortion is doing so basically uh, solely based on on a diagnosis or or t- any tests. Okay. Or screenings indicating like a disability of the fetus. Okay. Is uh, is or is a potential. Mm-hmm. Um. So that 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 that's something you have to allow mothers or or parents together to make that uh, choice or decision especially if we have the technology now right uh, where physicians could see um, that that fetus 
uh, that child would have the possibility of being born with some type of defect. Mm-hmm, some severe you, disabilities. Because it's not just an emotional thing. It's also a financial burden. Can you right. afford that financial burden? Because those right. special needs children come with a lot of financial, uh, you know, uh, requirements that mm-hmm. a lot of children born without those defects have the luxury of not having to have, you know, special treatments, uh, needing special caretakers, right. or needing, uh, you know, just special attention or extra things. Um, all families aren't are financially stable. A, a lot of families, unfortunately, are living uh, check, check. Why? Right. Because uh, legislatures won't pass bills, won't pass minimum wages right. that allow people to pay their bills. We can definitely ease on into that. They, then they won't allow. Uh, uh, they won't allow legislators uh, like, my, like myself that represent those people to pass bills that will help them. So right. they yeah. can, they won't allow people to pay bills. They won't allow me to pass bills. You know, they're just making it tough for people. Right. Um, yeah. We, uh, um, every day, I just try to see what I can do to cut some of this red tape. Um, but there's a fight mm-hmm. on our hand. Um, so that's that's one thing with dealing with abortions uh, specifically. Yeah. So when you talk about disability abortions, I think people think about um, individuals who are disabled right. who become pregnant. But no, it's individuals who are regular, everyday, healthy, normal people. Mm-hmm. They're well, able-bodied, but they're well, at risk found of, out, yeah. find out, you know... Uh, you know, early on that there, there's there's a potential that something could be wrong. Okay. And yeah. can you handle this? Right. Are right. You, are you ready for this? Right. You know? mm-hmm. So I, 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 it's it's a touchy subject. Um, everyone is not going to agree a hundred percent, but I believe mm-hmm. that uh, women should be the ones that make that ultimate. Yep decision for themselves yep 100 percent agree there um especially when you lay it out that way and talk about the financial burden it's already going to be an emotional situation if you are pregnant and you find out that in any way that pregnancy is not viable or is not ideal you know so i think you definitely have to let women make that those decisions women and their families and people that you know are making those decisions with them especially when to your point you're looking at the people that are making these calls and you know they're only doing it either to line their pockets keep their constituents or in some cases they might actually be you know religious you know and going with their their personal religious views so yeah definitely um you know in many ways we say my body my choice these days and you know i feel like the original way (laughs) that where it referred to women and their reproductive rights i think it it's definitely still applies i'm so sorry i have to say this Mm -hmm. um not abortions per se but i am co-sponsoring a bill this session uh, because last session there was a woman who lives in my district miss gail gardner mm-hmm. african-american woman in her uh, early 60s who was raped years ago here mm-hmm. in this district and her rape kit set on the orlando police department shelves for many years mm-hmm. and now it was recently tested her uh her rapist was already in jail but okay. at least we found it um it was tested and she has peace now and closure so right. now we're filing the bill this session to make uh, a, a a rape kit database okay s- to put women more control 
of what happens with that rape kit. Okay. Once, once it's tested, where is it? Mm-hmm. What's happening with it now? Who's been tested? Are there any matches? Right, right. Um, put women more control of what's happening with them. So another rape kit, another Gail Gardner doesn't have a rape kit sent on a, a chef yeah. of police in a, a police department or any law enforcement agency in the state of Florida for 10, 15, 20 plus years um, right. ever again. Right. Real. That's real. Okay. Nice job. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So anything else that we might want to consider going into next year? We've got, what, a little bit over a year before we will vote. So, yeah, what? Oh what how God. should we count down, right? How oh can we God. just actively stay involved also without you know you don't want to inundate yourself right it can be kind of um exhausting yeah okay um this ain't for everybody you know we need you we need you when it's important but just know that redistricting is about to happen okay um and that means everything so gerrymandering is real Mm -hmm. uh, redlining is real pay attention okay yeah the john lewis uh, voting rights act on the federal level Mm -hmm. will protect and will eradicate bills like sb90 Mm -hmm. and the bills that uh, the state of texas the bills like the state of georgia have implemented and enacted to to you know to take away our voting rights and Mm -hmm. just try to you know redirect our potential in this process so please just stay engaged stay informed Mm -hmm. um encourage and support good people that are running for office that's a good one yeah um that's you know um i ran for office so i can encourage younger people to get involved in the process i always said we are old enough to be our elected officials to not have to fight with our elected officials mm-hmm. if we're old enough to run for office we should run for office and represent ourselves um as our generation we have more elections in front of us than behind you know um than behind us mm-hmm. you know when you talk about mm-hmm. the super voters so we should be the ones that are leading instead of just listening to an older generation who are out of tune out of touch we respect them for their work but it's time for us to step up to the plate right. and lead and right. we can. We're capable. We have everything that it takes. Um, and we have to live by these laws. So we deserve to be at the table when these laws are being drafted, when, they, when they're being voted on, when they're being made. We need our voice at the table. We have children. We pay taxes. We work hard. We paid our dues. It's our time. So I just want to be you know uh, inspiration to one other person you know um there are some other legislators across the state in texas and in tennessee some other black young energetic people that encourage me you know Mm -hmm. um to keep going and i just you know hope that we get away from just being entertained um and being a great challenge people <laughs> no seriously like I some know. things are important oh, i mean gosh. but there's some things that are really important you know? yes mm-hmm. there's some things that are really really important and if not for you like for your children mm-hmm. for your children's children like I, I i think about my daughter man um and i just I, we got to leave this place in the better you know the environment yes you know global warming like this stuff is real like we have to be 
a more responsible people. Right. Yep. We have to be a more responsible people. And responsible don't just mean being woke and just protesting. Because I tell people all the right. time, one thing that outlasts protest is policy. Right. Exactly. You know, the boycott lasted for an entire calendar year in um, Montgomery, Alabama. But what outlasted that was the the law that changed. Right. You know. Um, so protest is good. But policy outlasts protest. And I'm trying to leave policy change. I'm trying to leave. That's the kind of legacy. I'm not trying to be. I'm not, I don't want to have the biggest march, you know, or the biggest book bag giveaway. I'm trying to, like, really change some policy mm-hmm. to make people's lives better, to give people more opportunity, you know, to enrich and equip um, and just help people you know, achieve the things that they want to achieve in life. Like I was like I've been able to. So. Very nice. Well, you heard it, guys. Let's start getting engaged and support those that might be interested and be informed and start taking a little bit of knowledge in and moderation little by little so that by the time we get to the ballot next year, you know what's up. Oh, and vote for me. Oh, let me say this last thing. Oh, and because it's redistricting in the state of Florida after the U.S. census that you all filled out, I hope, last year. And now we have redistricting. I can get my ballot, uh, or my petition to get on the ballot for 2022 filled out by any registered voter in the state of Florida. Doesn't okay. have to live in my district. Doesn't even have to be a Democrat. Just has to be a registered voter. So please visit TravarisForFlorida.com and sign a petition. Mail it back to me or whatever you want to do. Um, donate if the Lord touches your heart that way um, but um, no seriously follow me on social media hold me accountable and just join me in this um, movement like really because um, I do it for for it's, it's not about me it's, it's about the people so I appreciate this opportunity Jacqueline you know yes you are 100% my, you are my everything so I really <laughs> this is this was the one for this is the one interview i've been waiting on right here awesome yes well thank you i appreciate it so before you go we have to do jukebox with jack so i need you to name three songs artists albums whatever you're listening to you can you can name your your all-time faves you can name some new stuff what do you have in rotation oh man I'll tell you, I am a big fan of Memphis rap. Okay, yes. If you know me, like you know me, Jackie. I do. You are my Yogati friend. You, exactly. <laughs> and I'm employing you to please go listen to Key Glock. Key Glock, okay. All right. I'm not familiar, but I will go and listen. I, and that's fine. I want you to come back and let me know what you think, please. Okay. You know, so, you know, um, yeah, I listen to, you know, I, I, I like Key Glock. He's probably like my favorite young up-and-coming guy right now. Okay. You know, I follow him on, on IG, too. And, and the kid is just, you know, he, the kid is smooth, man. Like, you know, I want to hang out with the kid, so. Okay. Um, Who else am I listening to? I ain't gonna really give y'all all of who I'm listening to because I don't want y'all to feel like, you know, man, who is this guy? Um, <laughs> let's see. I really like one of my favorite stations on Pandora 
that just get take me there like no matter what day of the week like when i just need to digress mm-hmm. i have a bossa nova station on pandora bossa nova yes no girl from Ipanema. oh so nice I'm, I'm i'm telling you okay um, jackie it's 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 serene um, you know, if your listeners agree with me, I hope they will send you a message to let them uh, let you know that they agree with the representative. Right, support the Bossa Nova <laughs> station. It, it is so. I'm, 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 I'm telling you. So, one more, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, two good ones. One more. Let me see. Where, where are we going? I'm a. Wow. This is this is kind of tough, Jackie. What do you call this room? Jukebox with Jack. Jukebox <laughs> with Jack. All right. Big crit. I've been listening crit. to a lot of crit lately, man. Yes. Time machine. Um, I got this here. I just like you know, crit just got you know again. Oh yeah, he's the he's he's great. You know, um, what's one song that I was listening to recently? All these broke niggas be See? like these hoes is gold diggers. Okay. <laughs> Got to shake them off. Okay. <laughs> I'm waiting on the next verses. You know, whoever that may be. But um, normally oh, after yeah. the verses, I I start to listen to like certain artists. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because they bring it back, you know, bring it back. So right, they bring it back current for you. Yeah. Yep. But okay. That's where I am. Okay. Cool. Well, definitely uh, agree with the crit. I've I've been on that, but let me see what I have here. Um. Same for verses. So verses really took me on my Earthland and Fire ride. Uh, starting when they had theirs a few months back. So we'll go with reasons, Earth, mm. Wind, and Fire. Um, let's talk about the greatness of T-Pain for a moment. So, you know, he really doesn't miss with me. But one of my favorites that's really underrated, it's my dog birthday. Like, okay. he has a great birthday song okay. in that tune. <laughs> like, so if it's your birthday or if it's your if it's your dog birthday, you know, turn on T Pain, it's my dog birthday, and I promise you, y'all are gonna have a good time. And um some new new from Young Thug TikTok. Okay. Uh I caught that maybe a week or so ago. Shout out to Young Thug. Shout out to Thugger Thugger. Um yeah, so that is all pretty much still background for Nas King's disease too but <laughs> I tried to mix it up so that I didn't go three weeks in a row <laughs> letting y'all know <laughs> well, that, I think that's you, all I'm you had to feel if you had that this, uh, <laughs> yes so. we push for not five it won't be five weeks I'll tell you that right, it'll right. be five steps towards eternity but it won't be five <laughs> weeks in a row right <laughs> we'll see we'll see how long it goes but but yes again I really appreciate you coming on sharing more about what's going on at the state level and beyond when it comes to legislation and what we might see coming down the pipeline and yes also just encouraging people to get more active you know in the political process and and understanding policy day in and day out so all right y'all let's make sure we register to vote 
Let's make sure we get out there and get active and we vote in 22. And please, for the people, shout out your website and your info one more time. Absolutely. This is probably my favorite thing to do. (laughs) Please find me um, on all social media handles at uh, Rep McCurdy as two C's. And uh, my website is Travaris for Florida. Or just go on Jackie's page and look for Travaris McCurdy. And right, find like me. y'all know y'all gonna do. And find me, please. <laughs> and I'll be waiting for you to gladly accept your request and your donations if you feel so inclined. Thank you so much, Jackie, for having me this evening. Very nice. Thank you again for coming on. So until next time, you take care. You too. All right. And that wraps up another episode. Florida State Representative Travars McCurdy, thank you again so much for coming on. I really appreciate the conversation that we had. feel like I came away with a lot of additional information, got some education, and I think the message is clear. Let's continue to get out and vote and remain active in the political process because it affects all aspects of our lives. So... Thank you all for listening. And as always, remember, I'm a jack of all trades, a master of none, not here to be an expert, just here to have fun. Bye, guys.